This is a Bulldog Radio Podcast. It's the MVSP episode 51 with myself, Joe Nagy, and Brandon Worth. Brandon, it's a little bit stressful time on campus. Students are finally going to be able to sign up for their class next semester, so we got a whole bunch of stuff on our plate. But nonetheless, it's good to make time, get back in the studio. We're finally back in the studio. You had to take a little bit of a hiatus. We had to go over Zencaster a couple times because of uh, uh, COVID exposure. But nonetheless, we're back, Brandon. Good to see you. It's good to, let me tell you, it is good to be sitting back in this chair in front of this microphone again. It's been too long, and with COVID, I mean, I was exposed, and I didn't want to take any risks. I took the 10-day quarantine. Um, it 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 was originally tough, but we got through it. And we're finally back to pretty much regular scheduled programming here on the show. Um, not having a guest today, but we will have them in the future. Don't you worry about it. But we got enough Ferris State sports as it is that we got a report. Starting on the links, the golf teams were in action this weekend at Saginaw Valley State Spring Invitational. And no, it was not in Saginaw. It was in Lexington, Kentucky due to the protocols in the state. Anyway... They were in Kentucky, not Michigan, but they still did just as well. Uh, The men's finished third on the tournament. The women finished tied for fifth. Um, Really good results overall, Joe. Yeah, very much so. Uh, Thomas Hersey, he finished, I think, third uh, for men's. He was in the lead, you said, Brandon, uh, for the first round, uh, but I think the his last round, he had a little bit of a hiccup. Yeah. I, he, uh, I think he uh, finished plus one on the day, and I mean, the two guys behind him, they, they, think they had a tied round of uh, six under, so mm-hmm. that's really tough to beat when those guys are playing really well, but nonetheless, super great to see them be able to play well and kind of get back on the course. I know when we were talking with Thomas and Dan, they were just saying that like you know the transition from simulator to, to real deal it's going to be a little bit tough, but nonetheless, they're super excited. And it's good to see that, you know, the the, the, the practice over the winters really paid off and switching back from simulator wasn't too hard. Yeah, the switch from simulator to... Um to, to real real grass is definitely something I think a lot of people overlook just because, I mean, like, when you're in the simulator, hypothetically, everything's a perfect lie. And really, like, the simulator's so... Inter- I mean, the ball... It's it's high up all the time. There's there's no mm-hmm. digging. There's no there's no trying to get under it's it. It's hitting out of a fairway cuts. every time. There's yeah. It's it's pretty much perfect fairway. Which of course we all know is average to above average golfers. Even that perfect lies aren't every single shot. Happen they like one happen out of all every the time. time. You're I mean I don't know how many times that I've hit out of a sand trap. I, and it's not it's not easy, and you always find yourself. So the way that they adjusted, they still played well. And, I mean, this is only the second tournament. There's still plenty of golf to be played. The women's did just as well. On the other side, Elena Eldred, she was tied for fourth overall in the tournament with 276 rounds. Elena uh, Del Rose finished tied for 22nd, and the rest of the Bulldogs did very well to finish third overall. Um, I mean, in the one thing that was really interesting that I, wrote, I read in the article was that the the four, the four out of the five women's golfers, um, they either matched or bettered their round um, Sunday compared to Saturday in round two, which just means we're getting they're getting better each and every time they swing the club, which is really what you want, I think, mm-hmm. out of out of this situation because I mean, obviously, you want to do well right out of the gate, you want to start off hot, but sometimes that gra- that gradual improvement each and every day is super important because I mean, at the end of the day. You improve every single day. You're going to increase your chances even more once you get mm-hmm. down to conferences and regionals. Yep. And then uh, 
men's and women's are going to be off until April uh, the 5th on that Monday. They'll both be heading down to Ohio. Not the same place. Men will be in Canton, and then women will be in Blacklick, Ohio uh, at the NC4K Classic, and then men's will be at the Cav Classic. So very much exciting news. Uh, going to be looking forward to being able to talk to them. Maybe we can talk to Thomas and them uh, in the future and kind of get a recap on so far the season. Yeah, I will say um, I also I also write for the, the torch as far as covering some of these sports, and I asked Thomas about um, the tournament. He had the, one of the best quoted lines um, about I asked him about his his round how he was feeling how he's doing really he was he was hot having the four under round and he gave me the most excellent quote ever I'll read it to you right now he said um this is this is regarding the first round where he shot four under par he said there were our um sorry our, our we did a great job of um staying patient taking each shot for what it was and I think the two PB&Js I ate during the round definitely helped more putts go in. <laughs> I think that was the best quote. Thomas, thank Did you, you say so much. Did say it was crunchy or smooth peanut butter? Uh, he didn't say. I'm assuming I'm assuming creamy, but I don't know. Maybe. maybe crunchy, said, maybe. crunchy will let you hit the ball farther, I uh, hear. I think I that's what Bryson does. Is it? Uh, that would be that would be a world. That'd be a worldly idea that would just surface the golf world everywhere. Everybody's buying crunchy peanut butter. <laughs> Meyer's gonna be out of stock. We're gonna be in trouble trying Meyer's to find more crunchy peanut butter. It. Going to Aldi. Going to the gas station. No one's gonna be out everywhere. <laughs> that would be so crazy. <laughs> just a wild. Just an absolute. Just not. It'd be absolute pandemonium. <laughs> no truth to the claim. I mean, it's just everyone takes peanut butter. That's funny. I guess a worldwide shortage of crunchy peanut butter. Due to a golf story about hitting the ball farther. Oh, well. What a what a time. I mean, it could happen the way this year. Anyway, we're getting off track. We'll get back on track here. Uh, volleyball, um, not the first best first day. Uh, lost to Northwood on Friday at Northwood in Midland, but came back very well. I watched part of this game on Saturday. Clean sweep, three zip. Um, it was. I mean, I think the first the first game. It just really didn't. It didn't seem like they were really. I mean, they had it going early on, and then it just kind of kept slipping and slipping. I mean, hitting percentage went down, errors went up. Usually, that results in an L, which it did. But I think, I mean, you still see a lot of positives, and I think the definite positive is they came back to Big Rapids and they took care of business on day two. They they fixed the errors. They played much better. They played very very well, and I mean, they got the job done. And they like the hitting percentage went up each set. Less errors, just they they were getting better each and every set, which I think is something that was really funny that we talked about golf the same way that it seems like each team right now after the long hiatus, every single game, every single competition, every single match, every single tournament, each team's getting better and better and better, which is always something you want to see. Yeah, definitely. Uh, you know, it's tough though because we had the we had the two loss against Michigan Tech, which kind of sent us down a little bit in the rank or in the standings for the GLIAC. Uh, so it might affect for our uh, GLIAC tournament standings. But nonetheless, I mean, we got Parkside uh, this upcoming week, Friday, which should be very good. I think we're going to be able to, you know provide some good competition, get ready for the GLIAC tournament, which is going to start uh, pretty soon in April, uh, which I'm very excited for. Um, but, like, it's – I think this is one of, like, the most, like, competitive, like, GLIAC, like, conferences for volleyball that we've had in a while. Because before, like – I mean, last – I guess last year and the year before, we – I think we almost were undefeated mostly, like, for the past, like, six times that we won the GLIAC championship. Oh, we've we've been we've been. I don't think we've been completely, but we've been we've been pretty close. I think last year we had one slip up. I think. Yeah. Um. Against. Um. I'm looking at the top, off the top of my head. I I think we lost to Ashland once last year, if I remember correctly. And then I think there was another another one. We I think there were both splits. 
I think is what happened. Um, Saginaw, okay, one of them was Saginaw, and the second one was Ashland. Mm-hmm. We, we, but we were 14-2 and two last year overall. Um, yeah. Obviously, bef- um, this w- or this would have been 19 because obviously 20 didn't didn't happen. But yeah. I mean, yeah, we've we've done we've taken care of things in the conference. We still are. I mean, Katie O'Connell was not playing in these two games. Um, we don't we don't know where exactly where she is. Uh, I don't know if it's an injury or a COVID or whatever. So I mean, we still we still got the job done without arguably the best player on the team, which shows you that we are a pretty deep team and that there's a lot of girls that are ready mm-hmm. to step up, which is really good. But moving on into tennis over the weekend, uh, men's side first. Um, Getting the job done again. Ashland stood no chance. The flock of eagles fly down, and they will fly back to Ashland with a whopping goose egg on the scoreboard. I, I, it was it was dominant, pure dominance. I mean, we'd got the job done. Just winning a tennis match 7-zip, it's such a good feeling, regardless of who you play. Just knowing we got the job done every single match, every single one. No, yeah, no slip-ups, no nothing, just straight hard up, straight hard good playing tennis and that's kind of what that's literally what you want to see every time i think that's going to be good too as we go into northwood uh upcoming friday too it's just kind of having this go on about i mean we're on a what a six match win streak seven match win streak mm-hmm. seven and oh in regular know. season we did have we did have the slip up in the exhibition against western but obviously yeah. D- d1 program different i mean yeah but I mean, yeah, yeah. You, hold we, a whole different thing. I mean, yeah, D one's you can you can scoot that one over. That yeah, one's fine. That one really that doesn't one, matter like, at this point. We haven't lost since like February, like early February, mm-hmm. which is like really impressive. Yeah, I mean, the I think one one thing I really took away was um, looking at the score chart with this game or this match, I should say that. Um, six or four out of our six singles were taken in straight sets. Like it was just straight dominance. I know Ashland's not the not the strongest team um, in the conference as far as tennis is concerned. I mean they're zero and three, zero and one in the conference so far. But I mean, getting the taking care of business when you need to is such an is such a vital aspect to a team moving on as far as both a physical mm-hmm. mindset in the schedule, but the mental uh, mindset of. Hey, we have to get the job done. We're gonna do it, and we're not going to we're not gonna have any mental slip ups, and we're just gonna move on. It's you know, yeah. it's just like uh, work every uh, work hard every day. Yeah, I prepare get myself, get the job done, do it again. They're like, definitely gonna they're definitely gonna need that for these upcoming weeks too, because they could play Grand Valley and Davenport upcoming. So those yeah. are gonna be two really tough, really tough go bouts. Yeah, uh, our women's side as well. Same deal, same song, second verse, seven zero sweep. Um, I mean, Ashland's not the not the powerhouse team that yeah. that that I think they will. That, I mean, you could, but at least like we did what was expected. We yeah, did what, we get we did we did what we needed to do. I mean, I I was gonna say Ashland's not the tennis powerhouses they are known in basketball, but I mean, he's still getting the job done. And we're gonna talk about the NCAA tournament craziness coming up here soon, so just stay tuned for that. But I think that that really equates because. There's frankly some much better teams that aren't getting the job done against the low level competition right now. Yeah, definitely. And I think that's something that is really interesting in this year's tournament. I think it's going to be that much better. Obviously, we'll get into that here in a minute. But uh, the women's team got the job done. Well done. I mean, six singles wins in straight sets. No, there's there's there was no real slip ups. There was a couple. There was a couple that were close. I know, um, the 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 fours the the four pairings were a little bit closer than the rest. But I mean, still got the job done. It was fantastic. Mm-hmm. Our doubles got the three the three sweeps there. Just got the job done. Moving on next on the schedule, and that's that's really something that you really enjoy seeing. Just because there's no there's no worry about there was no worry at all during this this competition that they're gonna get the job done. 
Yeah, and it's good that it was at Racket Center too. You able to really dominate on your home on your home courts too. Uh, you know, one thing. Have you ever been to Racket Center before? Uh, I've been in there a couple times. Not really like I never even realized it was there until I went really? there one time. Oh, it's yeah. really nice. I so never realized. I, I came across it from um, when you had to do the the refundable fees that you yeah. get at students, so you can use the racket that's center. That's what I That's where I went I've, there I never to, used to take off my racquetball one because I mean, obviously, like, racquetball is fun, but I'm I I am not I'm not yeah. going to do it all I mean, the time. You need so. friends too. Is yeah, and well. you need people also to do it. So. Not saying we don't have friends, just we don't have friends that want to play racquetball. True, it's true. But um, like going in there, it's a pretty it's a pretty nice facility. Honestly, it's kind of a little bit out of the way. It's kind of over down yeah. past. It's, the, it's pretty far past campus, but yeah, it's over by. I mean, the, that's really the only the space. Hotel. That's really like the only space that they have. Kind yeah, of but there is a new disc golf course on campus that goes by there so you'll you'll run into when that if we you get play a the disc new golf course um they designed it last year and they just put, put it in like you last go frolfin? fall frolfin i mean i've already went i went frolfin yesterday but i'll go frolfin okay. not even invite it's okay i'm sorry right, we're it gonna was, have to talk a, about the future of this podcast it was a last this. minute thing i'm sorry joe i didn't know you froffed, it's okay you, i didn't know you froffed. it's okay just we can't be friends anymore it's okay do you actually froff though i'm asking seriously i have a couple times all right, then we have to go now. Then, it, it all right, mark on the calendar. We'll go. We might have to go but to the racket center. We might go to North End first, though. Yeah, who knows? The new course is the, much uh, more difficult. The racket center. How many courses I have? I has like four or five. Uh, I think it's like three or four, if I remember correctly. I could be completely wrong. Yeah. It might only it's be two. Pro- I honestly don't know. I only yeah. stepped in there for. It's a half big a facility for where, like, for being kind of tucked away mm-hmm. it is i mean you can, you guys could definitely go check it out but um final sport um soccer started off and started as an understatement they they went to work the first win of the season against wisconsin parkside one zip great great game um we got we got we were a little i don't want to say i don't want to say sloppy because obviously we didn't we didn't get to see the game because it was on the road but um i think there were i mean obviously um had a couple cards handed out you know no big deal happens, i mean it's first happens. game everybody's getting it but I mean, in the end, um, it was great. Um, Emily Mer- Mergener, I believe that's how you pronounce it. She had the 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 lone goal in the opening match um, to give the Bulldogs the W. Um, it was it was pretty. It was a really good. It was a really good. And here's the the best stat. I think that was really really interesting. Um, our defense was phenomenal. I believe Parkside only got up five shots. Or was it five or six shots? Five shots. Five total. None on net. Zero. That's just a master class. Yeah. We put 11 shots on goal on 20 shots. Offensive masterpiece. It was just solid all around. Yeah. Really. We got the job done on both ends. And we certainly did that again at Purdue Northwest. But we decided, you know, we can light the scoreboard a little bit more this time. Put four on the pride to get a 4-0 win. It was just phenomenal again. And I mean, you just same you thing. just love to see this for Ferris Three, Athletic, really. Purdue Northwest, three shots, none on net. We had one, one on they net, had one, one. But sorry, regardless, one out of the I, how long are college halves? Like forty minutes, forty-five. Mm-hmm, they're, they're, I believe they're um, for, for forty-five minutes to only see three shot, only see one shot on goal. Yeah, for ninety minutes, one making, one shot on net, ninety minutes. They're making Nora Potter's job really easy. Yeah. Nora Potter's just... I she's going to have an amazing save percentage after, after yeah. this year. All I'm saying. I feel like she's probably... I feel bad for her. She's probably bored back there. Yeah, she's probably just picking grass and I mean, walking around. No, she's not picking... This, this isn't seven-year-old Little League. There's no. not picking dandelions. But, I mean, she's probably yeah. like, oh... I mean, she probably is just bored, though. 
you might be a little bit bored. Huh? It's like, yeah, can you guys just Because the ball have... probably rarely even gets like past like the midfield most of the time. I don't know. Yeah. I, obviously, we haven't watched the Because if there's but... 18 shots, I feel like we're probably in control most of the time. I mean, she probably gets passed back to a couple times, but other than that. Yeah. I mean, nothing like no high speed like shots on it. I feel like that'll probably change when we go play Grand Valley and like sure. Davenport and stuff like that because those are the more tough teams. Mm-hmm. But like, I mean, two games where you've only faced, what is it? Less than ten shots. Yeah, I mean yeah, the the defensive efficiency is starting off hot and it's staying hot pretty much. Uh, Grace Verhage, two goals, one assist. I, I think she'd be nominated the player of the game if they had an award. Uh, Maddie Dickens also added an assist as well. Um, Abby Gilmore, um, Abigail Gilmore, I should say, um, another goal. Um, Bree Rogers had a shot on net as well, as long as Nikki May. Um, and another assist for Sydney Stones to round out the box score, but. We'll see what the soccer team can do next with a little bit of a tough matchup coming up against Saginaw Valley at home at 4 mm-hmm. p.m. Eastern. I don't know what the 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 seating arrangements and the, the ticket sales, if there's going to be any attendance or well, any sort of at fans. At Ferris, you can probably just sit outside of the fence. I don't, I'm right not saying thing. that you should do that. I'm I'm saying I don't. I well, haven't heard probably, anything you, against it. You can see it from the parking lot. Yeah, I mean, you can you can be so in you can Brophy just, or and watch the game. From I did that the, from, from my dorm. Dorms. I yeah. did that from. I lived in Brophy. I did that from my dorm. Yeah, just go watch it out of the window. You can, yeah, and like Brophy's kind of up on a hill a little bit, and then the soccer field's kind of down the hill. So like you just like step outside of the door and watch it. Yeah, it, it just, it's it'll right. be interesting. Go root on, go root on your Lady Bulldog soccer team because they're doing pretty well right now, and we'll be right back to cover some NCAA March Madness. And we are back. We had to take a quick little break. Uh, had to quick register for fall classes, but, you know, as one does, we're students. We have to do that. Students first, podcasters second. You know how it is, Brandon. Like we said. Yeah, We're busy like, men. Like we said, got a lot of stuff on our plate. But men's tournament already underway over the weekend. Already in the Sweet 16 coming up. Brandon, it's just been a tournament full of upsets. Oh, my goodness. Let me tell you what. If you have a bracket right now, which I have plenty of them. I know Joe has plenty of them. Yes. We can certainly worry about how our brackets are doing mine mine are garbage yeah i mean i know i've i have i don't think i have one that's like better than like 60 percent guess right 60 percent most because most of like the ones that i actually were like oh yeah that's not gonna happen happen like i did not think abilene christian was gonna win yeah i mean here here's what i was gonna say if you are gonna worry about your brackets it's fine but frankly you are going to have more fun Shred them up, throw them in the back burner, delete the app, and just enjoy what you're witnessing, folks. Because we might never see this again. This many, is one of the craziest tournaments we've ever had. I need to count this up. How many like double-digit teams are there in the Sweet 16 right now? Um, let's There's just Syracuse, say more than three. Syracuse, Oregon State, Oral Roberts somehow, Ohio, who... I was not expecting them to beat Virginia. Glad they did, though. I think they'll be able to beat Creighton. They really can. hope they do. They really can. I believe they will. And then there's UCLA, Abilene Christian, and Maryland. That's seven double-digit teams. When's the last time we saw that? 
Wow, it was wild. Because, I mean, when we go back to 2019, the last tournament we had, Loyola was the only double-digit seed that made it really, I think, past the Sweet 16 or Elite 8. I think there was um, another one, if I remember correctly, that made it maybe to the round was, of 32 or Sweet 16. Oh, and then I know filmed. who it was, too, but I can't remember who yeah, it we'll was. Yeah, we'll have to look that one up here in a second, but... Uh, this is this is this is just bonkers. This is the craziest one of the craziest tournaments that I know I've ever witnessed. I know that there's plenty of tournaments that we can we can definitely bring up in years past. I, there's been some absolutely crazy moments. I think everybody has been talking about the Oral Roberts win. I mean, my goodness, fly Eagles fly. The Oral Roberts Golden Eagles, they're getting the job done. First, they beat a very good Ohio State team. Then they beat a Florida team that is is okay. I mean, they're not they're not great, but they're definitely not just a, a pushover. Like Oral Roberts is in the Sweet Sixteen, y'all. They're in the Sweet Sixteen, what? and they're a 15 seed. They were fourth. I think they were fourth in their division in the Summit. They won the tournament. In the the Summit Conference, beat South Dakota, North Dakota State. Then they go on to win against the number two seed in the country, top eight team in the entire nation. And then they beat Florida to get to the Sweet Sixteen. This team, this team is so fun. I don't, I, I can't even get over how crazy this has been. I mean, both games were by three points. Yeah, it's just been crazy. Like. I mean, this team is figuring out ways to win games. Because, I mean, Ohio State has more talent across the board. And it's just been one of those years, I guess. Ohio State really just did not show up to play at all. No. Frankly, Ohio State lost the game more than Oral Roberts win. They shot 21% from three, 50 from the line. That's not going to get it done. But, I mean, still, Oral Roberts is hanging around. This, theoretically, you look at other 215s or 116s, most of them were 30 points. Baylor beat Hartford almost by 30 points. Drexel lost to um, Illinois by 30 points. Yeah, I will say this about the as a Big Ten fan, kind of disappointed with the uh, showing of uh, our conference, especially since I made the argument that the Big Ten is the best conference in college basketball this year. Yeah, and you know didn't show up in the tournament. Just gonna say it. I think we started off with what nine or ten. Now we only got two. It's Michigan and uh, Michigan and Maryland are the Michigan only two and left. Iowa and Maryland. Oh yeah, Iowa and Maryland. So we only got three out of the nine, which could be. <laughs> Could be, could be, and I think only like four made it out of the first round. Barely, yeah. Wisconsin was the only other team that made it, and Rutgers. So, just saying, was I'm a little bit disappointed, but not. But I'm glad that there's upsets. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm disappointed that, like, as a Big Ten fan, that not not a lot of the teams made it. But then, like, as a fan of upsets and a fan of like what March Madness is all about, I'm loving what I'm seeing. Oh man, it's this is fun. This is like I. I just had a bunch of brackets made up that were, some of them were busted. I mean, hey, I had one that Oklahoma State would go all the way and Cade Cunningham would be the the most legendary story of the decade so far. But obviously that one got busted last night when they lost to an Oregon State Beaver team as a 12 seed. And I'll tell you what, these teams... Do you think that's going to affect Cade Cunningham's draft stock? It certainly will. I'm not going to say he's not the number one pick. Yeah. There's well, going to be more hesitancy, so, though, if you're potentially, not going to say it will happen, the Pistons organization have the number one pick. There's going to be whoever is going to have that luxury of having the number one spot on the board. 
they might be thinking yeah. a little bit harder about taking Cade Cunningham. Yeah. And I'm not saying you shouldn't. But well, the fact he didn't go far with this team, yeah. despite the potential, it's, it's, it's a red well, flag. Well, the thing is, in in the first round, in the round of 64, he really didn't play super great. I didn't even think he had 10 points. I think he only had like four going into the second half. No, he was not. He was he not was, a factor in the the yeah. opening parts of this tournament. I mean, they still made it past Liberty, which they should have beat him by more if they if Kate Cunningham played well. Kind of sucks that Liberty lost. Just gonna say, but like, it just seems that like he just was not playing very well over over this tournament. No, he has he hasn't been the same Kate Cunningham that we saw in the early part he of the season. He did score twenty four, but like. Yeah, but I mean, I mean the he did score twenty four. You're right, but like the he, he was there, but he wasn't like okay. So I mean, if you look if you look at that Oregon State game more in depth, Liberty he really wasn't there, and I I don't want to say that he really wasn't needed there, but I mean would have li- been nice. Would have been nice. It, I mean, it would have. They still won the game without him. Like I mean, he was. I mean, I, I don't want to say he's not in this. I mean, he's making an impact. But he's not the same impactful player. I mean, he's not as efficient as he was in the in the the Big no. Twelve conference in the in the conference tournament. He had twenty four points. He also had it on six of twenty shooting. That can more relay the picture that he's making trying to make things happen, but he's not doing it the way he used to. Like mm-hmm. he used to be, he was pretty efficient. I mean, this is this is what blows my mind. Like Oklahoma State, they shot the ball terrible. They were twenty seven percent from the floor. They did not take they did not take advantage of anything Oregon State did wrong. They they could not do anything. Oregon State, twenty turnovers. Twenty turnovers. What? Oklahoma State didn't even have I, I can't remember the number off the top of my head, but I know it was less than twenty points off those turnovers. They didn't score one point per turnover. One point per turnover they could not execute off the mistakes and that killed them and i mean the, their shooting woes of course definitely didn't help but the fact is they didn't take advantage of what was given to them they tried to force it like they did in the opening game which barely got them out of liberty and then they they really just ran into a hot oregon state team that knew yeah. what they needed to do yeah it's it's t- it's weird because it kind of sucks for Kate cunningham because it's definitely gonna affect his draft stock but like Nonetheless, I'm happy for it because that means we have a loyal Chicago Oregon State face off in the in the Sweet Sixteen, which means that loyal Chicago can have a run at the Final Four again. They could go for a repeat there. Loyola Chicago, I think, is now the new favorite. And I thought I, I think saw to, this. I think to win out the win out the Midwest, yeah. Yeah. They are the third Because they can compete with Houston. They were weren't yeah. they the number they're the number one defense in the country, right? They're the number one defense in the country. And I will say this Who's their big man? Who's their big man? Critwig. He does not look like a basketball player, but he is super good. <laughs> yeah, no, he's been playing phenomenal. I mean, he's been he's been the catalyst for that Rambler team, and I mean, he had an absolutely huge impact on that game. He had 19 points, and I mean, he really gave it to Kofi Coburn. He he really gave him all he could handle, and I think that's something that um, Coburn's not used to having those guys. Because I mean, Kofi Coburn's a great big. He does really well with taking advantage of not only good matchups but he knows how to get bully he knows how to bully bullies he knows how to get rip boards from the big men but Crutwig's skill set his ability to finesse score 
and ability to make different plays off. I mean, I don't know if you saw the tip in off the glass where they threw up a lob. He didn't dunk it or catch it. He tipped the ball in midair in the in the bucket. Like he's just that finesse of a player, and that's where that he, is extremely impressive. Yeah, he gave. Yeah, I think that happened with like six minutes left in the game or something like that. They were up by eight or whatever. But I mean, it was just a. It was a crazy thing. Io DeSumo was not himself. He was 4 of 10, had six turnovers. Six turnovers, y'all. That's not the Io DeSumo that's number one, arguably number one player in the country and also AP first team All-American. That's not the that's not Io that we're used to seeing. And he just wasn't the same. And frankly, Illinois, I mean, they obviously didn't shoot the, as the rate that they usually do. They were 4 of 14 from deep, but... I mean the the thing with Illinois is like it was kind of similar to Oklahoma State they couldn't get it around off the turnovers but they did not take care of the basketball a lot during that game and that was something really similar with Texas like these big t- these good offensive teams are really getting flustered by these really gritty conference winning high motivated low conference champion teams and it is it is fascinating to see this I like, think it's just because like. I wouldn't say they like earned it to be there, but like I just feel like no, their expect everybody's expectations for them is so low mm-hmm. that it's like they have way more to prove, or like they have way more to prove without being. I wouldn't say held accountable, mm-hmm. but like without being having a lot of people disappointed. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because you can go out like Loyola Chicago could have gone out like second round, and people have been like, "Oh, that's tough," but like they faced Illinois. Yeah. But, like, say, Texas, who's number three, who has a lot of expectations going in this game, and they lose to Abilene Christian, everyone's saying horns down. That's what everyone's saying. Oh, yeah. They gave it to him after that game. They gave it They gave it to him. The horns down. I know everybody who, saw him. Who the was picture. their player that went, like, because they all ran to the camera, and then the one guy just started screaming horns down and put the... I can't... I picked, I'm picturing him right now, and I can't remember the name off the I'll top of his up. head. You can definitely look at that up, though. But I will say this. I saw a tweet that I must mention on this podcast because it was so gold. I can't even... I can't even help myself to hold it in. It's It was perfect. Uh, I can't... I don't have it verbatim, but it said... Y'all thought you could go in and beat Loyola Chicago and Sister Jean on the Lord's Day? On the Lord's <laughs> Day? Right, try no that chance. again. That was the perfect tweet because, I mean, I mean, I know some people have seen the, the that Sister Jean's prayer was put on social media that uh, she was praying that Illinois would make less than 30% of their three-pointers. And it happened. They shot 20%. I'm not. I'm not going to religiously sway you, but it happens. So, I mean, it's just crazy. This Loyola team, they they know, <laughs> they know who they are, and they know their expectations. And other teams are really overlooking them because they're the number one defense in the country, and they're proving it right now. They shut down a red hot offensive Illinois team. Yeah, fifty eight points. The uh, Abilene Christian guy's name was Paul Heepler. Paul Heepler. Six or he bench mob of the year right there. Probably. He yeah. was going crazy. Wasn't there pictures of him? Like he's met like five NBA players. And I don't even think he starts for Abilene. No, he's a he's a bench player. <laughs> wow. <But that's, laughs> it was funny because like I was watching the video or like the recap of it and he just came in hard into the camera oh, and no, started he, going he let down. loose. He wanted to let the world ruthless. know. But I guess, ruthless. I guess going into that game, Abilene Christian upsetting Texas 53-52. to 52, Big bracket buster. The fact that all brackets were busted because before of, this game yeah. happened 
It just says the whole tournament right there. Like, there is so many crazy games. There's like, none of them that are correct anymore, right? None yeah. of them are perfect? No, none of them are perfect. Here's wow. The, here's the bonker stat for you. Every single one of these games has a stat to me that blows me away. Abilene Christian, three-point percentage, 16. And they won a basketball game. Why? Probably because they held Texas Defense. to 52. <laughs> I was going to say, probably because they held them to 52 points. Defense. They had nine blocks, six steals. Or wait, sorry. They had 11 steals. Texas had nine blocks because of their size, which was expected. I thought their size was going to overwhelm Abilene because they're a much bigger team. They forced 23 Longhorn turnovers on a team that's quoted to be one of the most intelligent teams in the tournament, especially with Shaka Smart. Yeah. But Shaka Smart... He's had some early exits with the Longhorns, regardless seed, regardless expectations. That Texas team, they just can't seem to get past the first round, and it's just killing them because Texas is one of the most high-potential teams in almost any sport in the Big 12 and in the country, especially football. You can relate to this. And they never get to that level. They have way too many expectations on them, it seems like, at times, and they can never, never live up to it. And it's just crazy. Yeah, it's... It's one thing because, like, I just – it sucks because, like, those teams, like, you feel for because it's, like, you make the tournament, but then it's just, like, oh, you're not even there for that long. Mm-hmm. And that's, like, a common thing, which must really, like, piss those guys off and really get them angry because it's, like, every year that, like, we see Texas or just, like, other teams like that in the tournament, it's, like, oh, they, they might win this one. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, they're ranked fifth. They'll probably still lose. Mm-hmm. Because – and also that kind of takes effect on, like, their mental game too because, it's like, they get into the tournament, it's, like, well – like we've never really made it that far. Like, is it going to be the same? And I mean, it's probably if they're in college basketball, they probably have strong mental games. So it's not like that'll probably affect them too much. But it's still like a lingering question in the back of their mind. Yeah, I think it's it's just a it's hard to be a Longhorn fan. And I know I can't relate to them, but <laughs> well, ever since Sam Ellinger said they're back, and then they just go and nah, do that cur- for he, football. He straight up, I think it them. brought it over to basketball too. I it's just brutal. But I mean, this has just been. One of the most crazy tournaments that we've ever had. For the past had. couple of years. Because yeah. last year, by the time it got to, like, even the round of 32, there was only, like, two or three double-digit teams. Mm-hmm. And then when it got to Sweet 16 and Final Four, there was nobody. I think it was, like, the low, the lowest seed was Auburn, and they were number five. Yep. And then the year before, everybody got knocked out except for little Chicago. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's, like, the last time we really saw. And that was really only one quadrant, one region. Because the rest yeah. of the region was kind of more, it wasn't chalk, but it was pretty darn close to it. Like, these brackets are like, I mean, we're looking, the, the South region has messed everybody up. Yeah. Like, it is just bonkers. I mean, you still have, obviously, the number ones and two seeds, but, I mean, Texas is out. I mean, then you throw it over to, I mean, just having Illinois lose, knocked out a crap ton of brackets. Houston's the only high seed left. The rest of them, eight seed, Loyola, 12 seed. Oregon State, 11 seed, Syracuse. That's the that, that right there is the Midwest region, and it is just insane. How many? Wait, how many double digit wins are there this year? A lot. I mean, okay, one sec. Or Roberts, North Texas, um, Oregon State, Syracuse, Rutgers, Maryland, UCLA, Abilene Christian, UCLA. Oh, no, you already mentioned that. Exactly. I know, I'm just counting it up. Um, Ohio. Ohio. Mm-hmm. Oh, we're, we were one off. 
the record for most in most ever is uh, ten. ten. Yep, and we had nine. In 2016, was but 10. what's made it even more interesting is these, some of these teams are still moving on. Which, yeah, like there's not like it's just a one-time thing. Like they're just keeping on going. Yeah, we're, we might break the record for most double-digit seeds in the Sweet 16 because I mean we if I mean we already have. I mean we're we're looking today if Ohio makes it and um uh, one or if Maryland wins and then obviously we're going to have one more with UCLA or Could Abilene. Can you imagine an Elite Eight matchup with? Syracuse versus Oregon State. Uh, a double-digit Elite Eight matchup. Yeah. that's Okay, this is my dream Final Four, and I know I mentioned this to you before the show. I think the viewers need to hear me out that this needs to be the Final Four. We need to have Ohio. We need to have Abilene, Christian. We need to have Loyola. And Oral Roberts. And we need to have Oral Roberts. Who, by the way, are still in this in the Sweet 16 yeah. after beating Ohio State and they're the Florida. new FGCU. Yeah. You remember that? Yeah. When did they go out? They Dunk go lead out. I think they, uh, Sweet 16 or lead eight. One of the two. I know they lost they to like it, Florida. Yeah, they at made the it. Time they made it to weekend number two and then they lost. Yeah. But I mean, still, like this is bonkers. But I I picked those teams. I don't. I not only want to see. I I I really want to see either. I want to see. Oral and Ohio, because both of those teams have high dynamic playmakers that can fill it. Yeah. Or I want to see Abilene and Loyola to see a 40-point championship matchup of 41-40 to 40 or whatever the score yeah. will be, because those defenses are elite. Yeah, that's and, the, I think that's the only thing that's keeping Abilene in this. That will probably only... I don't think UCLA is going to win that win, because when I watched them play... When I watched them play Michigan State, they were just like... Not super great. They were sloppy. They were very sloppy. Of course, they beat BYU. Um, BYU was a little overrated. Wh- yeah, which I was just about to say. Is if, you a, is, to, if you were they to should ask, have been more. They should have been more like an eight seed. Or like yeah, I would have put if I mean just looking at their region, I would have put UConn above BYU, and I probably could make a semi case for Loyola or not Loyola LSU. Um, LSU. Yeah, I was just about to say you could probably put them there, but I just don't think UCLA really hasn't faced off anyone who has like stellar defense because mm-hmm. Michigan State's defense has been lackluster. BYU, as we said, a little overrated, but like Abilene Christian, that's the only reason that they're be able to play in games. Yeah, because BYU is nowhere near the skill of Texas. No, and if they can hold Texas, who has an amazing team, down to fifty-two points. Then I don't think, and when BYU only scores sixty-two against UCLA, mm-hmm. I just don't think that. I think Abilene has a chance. Yeah. Okay. So, um, some for some of you that haven't followed the tournament, we'll catch you up here on some of what's happened here in the first round. Baylor, um, they're in the Sweet 16 after beating Hartford and beating Wisconsin, who beat North Carolina. Uh, they made it to the Sweet 16. They're going to face off against Villanova after wins over Winthrop. That I know. I got wrong. I, I got it wrong I, as well. I, I know. Yeah, it, I got it wrong as well. It was set up perfectly. I thought it was a fastball over the middle, and then they, they threw that darn curveball. Swing and a miss. Anyway, they ended up beating North Texas, who upset the four-seeded Purdue Boilermakers. Uh, they beat them pretty handily by 23. They're moving on. Uh, and then we have Arkansas, who beat Texas Tech by two last night. They probably should have lost due to that tip or that, or that um, layup miss. That's going to haunt Texas Tech forever. But anyway, Arkansas going to squeak their way into the Sweet 16 to take on the 15 seed Oral Roberts. It makes me happy every Let's single go, time. Let's go, Oral Roberts. I mean, I know as Michigan fans, we were obviously rooting for Oral Roberts, and now we're probably going to root on, and we might have to face him in the national championship. At this point, who, who, knows? Even, who even knows what's going to happen this tournament? So they beat Florida, and now they're going to make it to Sweet 16. Illinois lost yesterday, if you haven't heard, to Loyola Chicago, That's 71-58. Tough. They're elite. Loyola Chicago best 
best team in Illinois. Um, Oregon State upsetting Oklahoma State. They're going to move on to take on the Ramblers. An 8-12, a Sweet 16 matchup. Boy, that's fun. Uh, Syracuse Go upsets North San Diego State and Bob Huggins and the West Virginia Mountaineers to move on to the Sweet 16. They will take on take the Chalk Seed Houston after win close win. They almost lost against Rutgers, which we would have had an, almost an all... That would have just been bonkers. All, <laughs> oh my gosh, that would have been so Other bonkers. Than Chicago, all all under seed. We could have had almost all under seeds. That's crazy, thought. but that's crazy. Yeah, they almost beat Houston, but Houston took out them after Cleveland State. So that's going to be that matchup there. Uh, great matchups today, though. I mean, it's going to be fun if you're watching uh, Gonzaga. I'm very on, much looking forward to these. Yeah, it's gonna it's gonna be an absolutely fun day, especially after what we saw yesterday. Um, Oregon's going to lead an offense or Iowa at twelve ten. Uh, followed by Go Oklahoma, Hawkeyes. Gonzaga. Um, those two are pretty chunk, but like she said, chalk ain't this year. Gonzaga no has a chance to lose. I'm just saying. Really? They, I, I guess I we should. They usually they either get knocked out. Well, they probably can make Sweet the 16. Elite Eight is where they'll get knocked out. Yeah, so they're probably going to lose to whoever wins. They'll probably of, lose to Iowa or Kansas, one of the two. Yeah, they'll probably make it that far. Anyway, I yeah, that's they always lose in the Elite Eight. That's just been their they MO. Never make it. They're going to take on Oklahoma, who they are much favored, but who knows at this point when this is going to end. Abilene Christian going to take on UCLA in a 14-11 matchup. We're going to see – I want to see Abilene's defense step up and take down that UCLA. They that's, will. That spotty offense might get exploited. I like Abilene Christian's chances. If they can shoot the three better than they, they did against Texas and play as well defensively, they shouldn't have a problem. Yeah. It's crazy. I'm talking about a 14 seed making the Sweet 16 and being confident. So I'm going to knock on wood under uh, the table. FGCU is 14 seed, right? Or they, they were 15. 15? Yep. Oh, my gosh. Because they beat uh, – was it Missouri? Was it two seed? Oh, yeah. Back in the, yeah, something like yeah. that. Um, Ohio going to take on Creighton. I'm excited to see Jason Preston, see how he's going to do against uh, Mark Zagorowski. Only team I'll root from Ohio. Or only team I'll yeah, root that's for board, from Ohio. Yeah, that's board. I'm not going to go that far, but I think Ohio's a fun team to watch. I will say that. Uh, Colorado against Florida State in the East Region second round. That'll be a 745, followed by Maryland, Alabama. That game could get interesting because if Alabama – Get spotty from three. Maryland's gonna Maryland's gonna pound them a little bit inside. So we'll see how they respond. UC USC against Kansas. I'm really looking forward to this game at 9:40. That game's gonna be phenomenal. Evan Mobley against um, David McCormick. That down low matchup's gonna be fun to watch. I mean that I mean, it's gonna be. I, I think that it's gonna be a really good yeah. matchup. And of course. At 7:10, the game we will all be watching. Obviously, during our sports careers meeting. Not, I'm just kidding. Uh, yeah, I'm not. I'm not kidding. Uh, against <laughs> Michigan and LSU. I mean, that's going to be a fun game to watch. And we, of course, we cover the Wolverines a lot. Mm-hmm. I, I like what I saw against Texas Southern. Um, we didn't even play that well, and we won by 15. Obviously, we didn't play well. That scares me. But I like. I like how we 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 changed up the scheme a little bit. I think there's like Shondi Brooks. Mike, those guys are just due to bounce off. Yeah. They've when had is, good games, but they just haven't is, been. Uh, when that, is Livers projected to be back? He might not come back That's at this tough. point. hate to see it. So, I mean, we're going to see. I mean, we saw a lot of Brandon John Jr. We saw Zeb Jackson, who played very well off the bench for the Wolverines. He hadn't got that many minutes, it seemed like, all year. And, I mean, he was great in that Texas Southern game. Hit a couple triples. I mean, he was, he was really locked in, it seemed like, at times coming off the bench. He looked really good. But, I, th- I mean, obviously we're not going to look at how they played really against Texas Southern. Yeah. We're going to see how they played against themselves because sometimes we've shot ourselves in the foot and that caused us wins. But, I mean, it's just a really, like, a weird 
situation for Michigan because it's like it's we're still not, playing good. It's just we don't have the guys who are usually normally seen. Yeah, we're 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 getting the good play, but it's almost like we're still worried, you know? Yeah. Because I mean, this LSU team's no joke. I'll say that right now. Like this LSU matchup was one that I was not looking forward to when I saw the bracket because their their defense is scrappy. They have almost eight steals a game. They know how to get it done on the guard play and get steals. So they're very good at reading passes. They're really good at just just really getting mass chaos mm-hmm. at the guard play and forcing turnovers. So I think this is a, a little bit of a an iffy matchup. I mean, Cameron Thomas is very good. He averages 23 a game. Um, the down low matchups one I'm going to be watching days against Dickinson because I think Dickinson just he's 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 just not really I don't want to say like he's obviously a great player but I just want to see him take over somebody in the paint because we see him do it at times and there's times we see him that he, he just can't get the ball on the glass it seems like there's times where he's doing very very well and then there's times he's doing a little like not as well and I know the game flow is obviously a big reason for that but I just want to see him absolutely lock down somebody yeah and i think days could be that guy i'm not saying it will happen but that's a prime candidate to do that but i think i mean if we see a prime mike smith and i'm not talking like a, a mike smith like from earlier in the year i'm talking like columbia mike smith like i'm gonna i'm a i'm a walking bucket i'm gonna score on you every time down the floor type of mike smith I think he can step up and be that guy it's just the way he's in his new situation i think it's just gonna be it's not he's not accustomed to doing that, so I feel like that'll be this could be a game that he yeah. busts out. But I mean, we just need we just need Shondi and Brooks and those guys to get start feeling it because I mean when those guys drop it, this team's lethal. Yeah, definitely. Those if those guys can really show up, I mean, especially without Jordan Livers, they've had to step up too. And we've and that's a good thing too. We've been able to see other guys really get a chance to show out and get there. I mean, on the biggest stage in college basketball too, being able to really show people like what they're made of and stuff. And I think that's one good thing too because Michigan they're 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 chalked up to have a seventy percent win percentage against LSU, but, but I mean, once you get around like the eight. And nine seed, like that's the point where like anything can happen because well, like beat Illinois. I know that's the thing because like you can chalk it up saying like anybody from like eleven down is just like an easy win, but like I don't know, that's just March Madness because LSU does. I feel like they do have a higher chance to win the game than twenty nine percent. Just to be flat out honest, I'm hoping that Michigan wins. I have a feeling they will win, but I mean you can't really take anything for granted at this point. Yeah, I will say this about LSU. LSU's a good team. Obviously, they made a good run in the SEC tournament. They fell just short to um, Alabama in the final. They beat Arkansas. They beat Missouri. They've beaten a lot of good teams. But I think that what happens a little bit when you watch them play is their defense is great. Like they they've had a great defensive. I I guess I don't want to say aura or anything. They they're not deep. They're not deep. Their their primary guys on the floor are the guys that are going to fill it. Like they've got plenty of guys that can score Cameron Thomas leads the team Trenton Watford then Javante Smart Darius Days like that defense is good but I'm in that offense I mean obviously the categories but they're not very deep they got guys that really don't play a lot I mean the only notable name that you guys might know is just because of his dad is Sharif O'Neal off the bench and he's only played in 10 games but I mean other than that they don't they're not a very deep team they ride on their starters a lot so yeah 
the fact is, like, this team, like, L- I'm not going to sit up here and say LSU can beat Michigan because I know for a fact that, that they make a great defensive presence, that they have a shot to beat us, especially the way this tournament's going. But I like our chances a lot just because that we are very deep. And I think not, and I love the fact that we played Zeb Jackson and we played Johns a lot more because we're saving guys. We, we know where we were going to win that Texas Southern game. We knew. Already halfway in the game, we're like, oh, yeah, we got this. We're going to save our guys and have them be ready for LSU because that's the next big matchup, and that's the more important one. Than to, I mean, obviously, you want to win against Texas Southern to move on, but theoretically, knowing you already can do that with your second string, why waste all your first string fatigue, especially when you're going to a tournament when you're playing two games in three days most of the time if you keep winning? Yeah, definitely. It's, it's definitely going to be a pretty good matchup. Very much looking forward to it. Obviously going to be watching during our meeting tonight. I think everybody is. I don't even know if we'll get much done talking since probably everyone's just going to be watching it on the side screen and not have the meeting up. But nonetheless, uh, there's an interesting talking point, Brandon, that came up over the weekend, uh, especially with our kind of surrounding March Madness and the NCAA basketball. The treatment of the women's tournament compared to the men's tournament, uh, if you don't know, the women's tournament have basically gotten not anywhere close to the men's treatment for the basketball. Their weight room, I think, is just a set of dumbbells and yoga mats when the men's is basically a college locker room or a college weight room basically i think they have squat racks they have weights and everything else um but that's been a very big talking point a lot of celebrities a lot of uh, athletes have been kind of sharing their um disapproval for the ncaa what are your thoughts on it brandon because i know that the ncaa is a non-profit organization that's what a lot of people have been arguing is kind of like the money standpoint and like the revenue and all that stuff but nonetheless as a non-profit i think if i'm not 100% sure, but I'm pretty sure since they're a nonprofit, they have to equally spread out the whole money of that since they are a nonprofit. Yeah, so this is a this is a really tough subject for a lot of people just because I think there's so much I, I there's so much division in our world that we're we're trying to do like do what's best for everybody and make it equal and a lot of times that involves pretty much it's it's to the point where now like we obviously when seeing Sedona Prince put on the video that um really kind of put this to put this out there that they only had the yoga mats and that that was flat out wrong from the that was flat out disrespectful from the NCA there there was no it was that that's just not what you just can't do that and obviously I know like a couple we or a couple days later that the NCAA brought in they got more stuff for him which was definitely overdue because they should have done that in the first place but it's just like you see a lot of these videos and of the the players getting their their stuff like I know there was a video a picture of the the girls that um got some of their gear compared to the guys yeah, and the, the guys swag have, bag or whatever. yeah the swag bag you'd call it I mean the guys have twice as many shirts more stuff compared to the women and it's just it's so sad to see because i mean in the reality you're at an ncaa tournament in i'm and it's just hard because like we're not talking about i I think what it comes down to this is when you think about the women's tournament it's not the men's tournament as far as popularity goes and it's just it's it's hard because i think a lot of people want things to be want things to like they they want women's to have just as much they want to have it just as popular as the men's. I think it's just really hard in our like society that like the women's basketball games are not the same to watch as the men's games. They're all they're a lot slower. They're a lot more 
Um, I don't want to say they're not. I'm not choreographed is not the word I want to say. They're they're much more um, strategic and slow. And I'm not saying like they're slow or anything like that. That's not what I'm saying at all. I mean they're they're some of the best athletes in the world that play college basketball on the women's side. They the game is much more different, and it's just not as appealing to like basketball or the men's games where they're they're running down like the floor. The ca- I think all feel like the, the casual viewer yes. is not going to really yes exactly tune into a a like I was watching the women's final or not the final four the women's basketball tournament yesterday because it was on. And I just wanted to see what, what was – because I think Central Michigan was playing, so I wanted to see them play. Um, and, like, just kind of seeing the difference, it's – yeah, like you said, it's just a lot slower. But you can – if for me, since I'm a basketball fan, I can still appreciate what they're doing because you can still kind of look at, like, the, strate- the strategic moves and kind of stuff that they're doing and all that stuff. But to the casual viewer, they'd rather see, like, dunks and – Flat, like flashy passes and all that stuff. Not saying that doesn't. I mean, dunks don't ha- normally happen in women's basketball, but like they rather see like the dunks, the putbacks, the posterizers, rather than see kind of the more fundamental basketball that's being played on the yes. women's side. Yeah, I think that's a fair point. I think that the it's just really hard because obviously we want the the women's to just have just as much recognition. Yeah. I mean, regardless, obviously, yeah. Regardless, they should still be able to get a weight room. That's no, and comp, then, that's basically the same cause. no and then they said the the fact about the um that they didn't have enough space yeah. when they came out when this whole video surfaced when prince yeah. put it on twitter but then she or, put out another video that like showed the space that they could have put it in yes and that that to me if that's the space that nco is talking about like they just they just dug themselves in the hole even farther they're yeah. they're making it even worse so there were like there's not a lot of their the problem that i have with the the nca on this issue is they're not taking the full-on responsibility yeah. of... They're not saying, like, hey, we messed up. Sorry, we'll Yeah, fix we're going to fix it. They've been they're kind saying, of backtracking oh, well, a lot. At, well, actually, we didn't have this and this to be able to do it. It's almost like they're being making excuses, which the NCAA is quoted as a national organization that probably shouldn't be making excuses on this issue. They really shouldn't because the fact is you're going to lose this fight when you keep making excuses because in reality when the players are telling the truth and all the public sees it as the truth they're not gonna we've seen some of these things before where people aren't gonna go with the NCAA on this one they're gonna go with the players and that's not gonna help them especially when they're making excuses on it when the world can see that yes what she's saying like there's space here why is there not stuff here oh well we didn't have the space well, the space the is spa- right yeah, here. Space is right there. What that's are the, you saying? That's this the one is thing not is like, correct. A lot like when you make a mistake, and it doesn't matter if it's just a little, like if it's a just a individual person or if it's a multi-million-dollar organization like NCAA. Like if you make the mistake, just own up to it and fix it. Like you have the resources to. Like you're already able to have all this stuff. You probably have that stuff at your disposal to basically get an adequate locker room and to get all that stuff. Like it's not that hard, yeah. and it, most likely the NCAA already has like private, con- like they probably already have private contracts for like making merch and stuff like that. So I don't think it's that hard to get a swag like uh, equipment that's the same as like the men's for like the swag bag and stuff. So yeah, I don't I don't have a problem with them like customizing the swag bag to like obviously like 
some of the like obviously the clothes are different like you can't just mass produce a bunch of like all all this NCA gear for that is unisex and have the men and women obviously you want you want to make it men's and women's yeah, more women's and women's clothes more and customize customize the bags for the things that um the women use more than the men obviously yeah. like there were some different things in there like i think the the women's one had a water bottle where the men's one had a towel or whatever i don't like the practice yeah, like, like the, that. this that they're just not this like i just don't understand why like you're still on the ncaa stage i get that it's not as popular but like that's just not that's just not right for not treating it the same and i know you it's not the same that. it's just hard because at the end of the day you're on the same stage and you're on the same playing field yeah i just can't do it's, that you just i just can't it's so hard because obviously i know like this is a really touchy subject and it's really yeah. hard for us not to go into our, our our personal views or anything which we would not want to try to do on the show but it's just it's really tough the fact that the ncaa just did this and i know now going around with the uh, kind of reeling in for the finale on the show today is the ncaa property um message going around and it really started what with, happened i didn't even see this what happened? um with um isaiah livers and geo baker and jordan bohannon who are now pushing the reform of and having the not not ncaa property t-shirts and the social media trend that they did you see livers wearing one on the no uh, wearing the shirt I so he's wearing it. it they're they're pushing to get is it on uh, instagram so there I'm, I'm sure you can probably just search it but it's the hashtag not ncaa property and the ba- the main thing about this is it really goes back to back to player likeness and getting getting yeah, competition they make money for off their likeness and, and i think that a lot of people a lot of people are are all for this idea because i think that a lot of people have really understood this for a long time that the ncaa has made profit off of athletes before and it's really tough especially from my point of view this is a really tough subject because obviously i i, I am a part of um, um, a team that competes in the NCAA. So this is a really hard thing to, it's tough for people to understand like this, this, this situation, it's not good. And I know this is a really tough place to be. I, it's hard for me to talk about it because I have really mixed feelings about this issue. And basically the bottom line with this whole thing is the athletes are making the NCAA money and that's what a lot of people are seeing and I know like the the NCAA has said that they're going to they they're, they're giving kids a college opportunity and all and all these other things which are great which is where the, now the the real thing of coming in is are you going to sit on the fence or are you going to pick a side because realistically a lot of people are on the fence and that's why this issue has never been resolved and there's not been any changes to it but in the reality, I think what Baker, Geo Baker, this is guard for Rutgers, tweeted that yeah. he said the NCA owns my name and Im- my name, image, and likeness. Someone on the on a music scholarship can profit from an album. Someone on an academic scholarship can have a tutor service. But an athlete only has an athletic scholarship. Anything less than equal rights is never enough. And then he said, "I am not NCA property." With the hashtag, I think that's something where like the there's no like so basically what he's saying is like from um, from a music scholarship if you go to school for like if you go to do music you can make money off of putting out an album and you can get money from the sales and everything if you're um if you want to be an academic tutor you can make money off being a tutor there's no way an athlete can make money 
off being an athlete with this whole NCA ordeal on how that the the players and likeness um, compensation bill has never passed. And I think that's just a it's something that I think will be definitely. I think it, I think now what I th- I think what Livers Baker and Bohannon are doing that a lot of people are like is they're finally saying we're on the biggest stage we're going to get our voice heard and that's yeah. why they're wearing the t-shirts and that's why they're putting out the tweets and a lot of players are in support of this because as much as the NCAA believes that players are here for uh, academics not all of them are they're here to play ball they're here to play ball like Dwayne Haskins said. We're not, we're not here to play school. We're here to play ball. Exactly. There, there's you can't you can't satisfy the whole crowd by As, using one yeah. university. Especially like especially like the big players that are there. Like they're there to get exposure so that they can play in the NBA or they can play in the NFL or something like that. Right. Like they're not. School is kind of like depending on the depending on the athlete, depending on the person. They might go for four years. They might go for one. They might still try to get their degree. But they're. I feel like their focus is more to get a living. And if it's through school, then they'll be able, they'll stay and they'll get their degree to basically have a fallback if it doesn't work out, or they'll just go for like go big and try to make it to the pros. Right, and I think now the NCAA is going to have to solve this. This is not this is not a oh it, what if we did this? Like they're going to have to solve this because now there's leagues coming out. G League starting to pay high school kids contracts to go straight in. Yeah, now five hundred k. Yeah, now there's the high school overtime league that's going on that now that's even going to recruit more high school players they're going to pay them to forfeit their chance at an ncaa scholarship to go play in the overtime league and then go play in the college or or not college go play in the g league or then go play and straight into the nba like there's so many more they gotta fix them yeah because it's like all those kids who are playing basketball for a way out or for to get to basically provide it's like hey instead of going to you know let University of Michigan to play for a year or two and then maybe like doing that. I'm gonna give you five hundred K to play for G League. Five hundred guaranteed yes. at seventeen, eighteen years old and you just come play for us and we'll basically make sure that you're like all set and like and like taken care of. Yes. And it's like I'd much for me, I'd much rather take that in case like I do get injured and like college or something and then like that kind of like throws everything off the rails and it's like they gotta fix them up quick because there's gonna be a lot of people that would rather take the cat the check for 500 g's than you know have to live off their per diems that they get when they have to go out yeah it's it's tough because i know like there's kids that dream of being in the final four and playing yeah. in the national, I don't doubt national there's tournament people that go there it's just there's gonna be a lot of five-star four-star recruits that are like i'd rather have the money yeah, because I think there's, this is the bottom line. The NCA has the the this is this will be my final point as we kind of rally in here. Yeah, the NCA has the notion of the path that kids take is we're here to go to school and play basketball. Sure, and then go into whatever career that is going on after them. Oh, I know there's a lot of people that go to play for the NCAA teams in colleges to go then go into play in the pros and go get drafted but there's more there's a lot of people that are playing basketball it's not because i'm going i have it they're in a some of them are in a situation where basketball is the way out for them and in there because they might not be they might not be book smart they might not be a person that can 
Like they're not going. They might not be able to make it into college off their academics alone. Right. I mean, it's not because we're saying like they're they're dumb or anything. It's just there's people, especially like in bad living situations, we see a lot of these Cinderella, like these these kind of these um, rising up stories where there's kids that really didn't have a place to go and really they found something that can help get them out. And I mean, now you're going to see a lot of those kids like saying, "Oh, we recognize what you're doing. We're going to reward you." And now, and really, like, if the NCA doesn't help that, like, obviously, yeah, you're giving them, you're giving them an education and you're getting them a degree in which, I mean, if they want is, it's a great situation, but some yeah. of the kids can't, some of the kids can't do that. Like they can't pay 16 grand a semester, 16 grand a year to get a degree when in reality they can do what they can do in life by playing the game of basketball. And I think that's just been overlooked because that's been the NCAA's real, I want to say, plat. Like it's not. It's really been their vision of what the NCAA is from all the way back when it started. That's the way it is, and it really hasn't progressed over there because I think the NCAA wants to keep it the way it is. I think it's but more. That oh, we're sorry. gonna. We're, no, it's what we're going to see as the time change. The times are changing. If they're going to change with it, yeah. because I think you're going to see a lot of kids now start to flip and over. Yeah, go I think over it's. The other side. I think it's my final point. I guess is I think it's more with the new generation of fans and like the new generation of like how like players now old college players are starting to have kids and they're starting to get to the point where like and like new fans are starting to realize like they're athletes. From my perspective, not being an athlete, like for you, Brandon, obviously it's different, but it's like. You have school is a full-time job for you, and then you have sports, and you have, like, no time in between. And it's, like, for those kids who are trying to make a – who are trying to basically have basketball or football or anything as a way out and try to make it so that they they can provide for the people that basically got them to that point, or if they don't come from the best living situation, save those people who are in kind of, like, the bad places uh, where they don't want them to be. It's – I think it's – I think it's because of the new generation of like fans that have realized like, like NCAA is really taking advantage of these kids mm-hmm. and really taking advantage of these people because it's like they could whether I think it's also because of old he, old man like college fans I guess it's the, like, it's the image that it's been created since it started yeah they're just like I just feel like a lot of people like don't understand the amount of sacrifice that student athletes have. And then they say, like, oh, you're there, like, you're already privileged enough to basically play at a major D1 school or a D2 school or somewhere. You'll be able to play at the next level. That can just be your payment enough that you are a good athlete. Mm-hmm. It's like sometimes that's not enough. That's what these kids are here for because they're not always here for school. That's the one thing is, like, I think it's just up to the new people that are just – or the new fans and the new people that are starting to get into this and starting to get into the issue that, like, there's got to be a change. Yeah. Here's what it comes down to. The fact behind this whole thing, this is how it started. It really comes down to this thing. This one point. NCAA football. Oh, I was NCAA say, football 14. I we want the video game. Okay, we I'm do want kidding. the video Not game that. and it is coming back. Um, but And there's going to be teams that are going to opt out yeah. of the football game because of this issue. They're going to say, no, we're not going to go into the football game until this is solved with the, 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 the this whole situation. Yeah. Yeah. The bottom line is this. What the NCAA sees does not equal what the people see. And that's and the problem. Until that bridge is connected, 
we're going to have this issue for years That's to come. That's a problem. So that is going to do it for this very, very interesting and exciting episode, I guess. I oh, mean, we got, we got deep. Yeah, a little bit different, a little bit deep into the really hard-hitting questions. Yeah, this is, oh, oh man, I'm, I'm, I'm the shivering, here. shivering a little bit with all that debate there. I mean, getting into fe- my feelings, I guess. Call Drake and put on the radio, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> thanks, you guys, for tuning in. Uh, don't forget to follow us on Instagram and Twitter, at Weirdo. The MVSP. Of course. And then don't forget to follow and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, whether it's Stitcher, Radio Public, Spotify, Apple, or whatever nine you really platforms went off you want. on that one. You really named all of them. Yeah, I almost named. I think I got four of them. We'll get to nine eventually. But until next time, guys, we will see you later. Take care, everybody. <laughs>